0: Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we dig in deep to analyze the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. I'm Andy Nelson from nextreel.com. We are, of course, talking about Jon Favreau's 2008 film Iron Man. And joining me again today is Chrissy Lenz and Nathan Blackwell from the most excellent 80s movies podcast.
1: Hey, guys. Hello. Hey, thanks for having us on. Glad
0: to have you. Glad to dig in a little more to this minute and it's nice to finally get the reveal of that actual mask that we were hinted at in the last minute but we didn't really get to see what exactly it was that tony was working on on today's show the minute of course starts with tony proving just how steady yinson's hands are by dropping the mark one mask on the table in front of him while he's delicately soldering and it ends with raza interrupting his men's break by making them run to check on the prisoners this is the mask
1: we finally get to see that mask in all its glory. And it's exciting. It's steaming. It looks like they, they unless it's a digital effect, it looks like they actually had a hot mask that they dipped in water. You actually see it kind of steaming off and then the water evaporating off of it. Uh, if it is a digital, it, it's a nice touch.
2: Yeah, definitely. That's a tiny little detail that makes it seem so cool.
1: Yeah, I,
0: I love that look. And I, I love to think that they t- were trying to do stuff practically. I mean, how hard is it to just put a hot mask in some boiling water and then just take it out and set it and just watch that evaporation and watch the steam pulling away from it and you can see the moisture like you were saying the lines of the moisture moving across it i i like to think that it's practical because it just looks so stinking cool
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it, it doesn't need to be like hundreds of degrees hot it only has to be like boiling water hot you know right yeah just boil a pot of water
0: Throw the metal in it and then pick it up with tongs and drop it on the table. Yeah. You don't even need Robert Downey Jr. to do it. <laughs> don't burn the actor. You have to get the prop master to handle that.
2: Yeah, you have a production assistant in charge of the boiling water.
0: Guys, if you're making <laughs> movies at home, don't burn the actor. This is our montage, guys. We get the montage. Love
1: it. Yes. And so it's like, it's like a mix of a training montage and like a tooling up montage where people are like locking and loading their mm-hmm. guns. It's a robot building It's almost like the (laughs) A-Team. A little bit of everything? Yeah. You know, it's like with the A-Team... You'd have them like, you know, soldering stuff and hammering things down and like bringing in materials, and everyone's sweating and everyone's giving each other a thumbs up. And then you see, you finally see like the finished result, and it's just kind of like a, a small <laughs> ledge that they could all jump down on the bad guys from or something.
2: Well, it's, it, <laughs> it was kind of like when he's putting the tape and stuff like in between his fingers. I don't know. There was some stuff where it was just like, Oh, wow. They He really thought this through because I definitely wouldn't have taken the extra step to like tape in between the fingers, you know, and there's just so many layers and stuff that they would have had to like sew. Did they have a sewing machine? It's a lot of costuming.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on other than just the actual iron suit mm-hmm. just the, this metal suit you know he's got the heavy duty gloves that he's putting on and kind of like you said kind of the the, the boxer mm-hmm. tape or whatever it is for for his hands to kind of protect them and the coat and everything and it, you know i'm wondering if it's like some form of a flame retardant coat or something because i'd feel like if, if people are are shooting at it or launching missiles at this suit and i feel like the metal is gonna has the potential to heat up so you want something between you and that metal so you're not just like, you know, getting giant burns on your skin mm-hmm. from, from
2: that. And it, and it looked like the collar in yeah. particular looked like something you would you would wear when you're welding something big with like a, a you know, a big arc welder or something that's going to throw throw a lot of sparks and throw a lot of heat that you would have like a big tall collar like that. So I guess it makes sense that it would be part of his kit, part of the things he asked for in his writer.
1: It's so nice that everything is so physical and real. And, and we're able to kind of imagine what it would feel like what it would, would, you know, because with a lot of these like fantastic superhero stuff, the stuff that we were later going to see with with Iron Man, like this feels real. And it's it's a it's a moment where you want to feel like you're building a hero with uh, Tony Stark. All these pieces, they're like stuff that you've seen in real life.
0: There's something about the way that he's doing it. And yeah, it just feels so so clunky and big, but it, you can see it working still. And it reminds me of the first Spider-Man movie when he kind of makes his own little homemade Spider-Man suit and goes to the boxing thing to, to earn mm-hmm. the money. It's just kind of fun to see these heroes trying to, you know, do their the first time and, and, you know, first time out of the gate. And it's so rough and tumble and, you know, just a little sloppier. And, and I really like that about this because in the context of who Iron Man is, I mean, you've got these these raw welding lines across this chest piece that he's kind of getting himself put into a lower down Mm -hmm. on him and and everything just feels kind of just uh, you know like they only just finished it which uh, technically they did because they only had 24 hours to really do it but i just i like (laughs) the way that it feels because it it does have that sense of this raw visceral quality that i think works really well for Mm -hmm. who this guy
2: is right and and dangerous because, you know, those welding lines could snap. They could shoot right into the arc reactor in his chest, right? They could shoot right into the giant eye holes. There's a lot of risk, you know. (laughs) It could all crumble and fall apart. It's not perfect. It's not safe.
1: And and you definitely need this kind of Bridge from where he starts off in the beginning of the movie as a real person to where we're eventually going to go with Iron Man. Yeah, right.
0: Uh, getting that how we're going to kind of transition and see the character arc as he as he is growing and becoming the new Tony mm-hmm. Stark, uh, kind of the the representation of who he is through the suit is also going to change over the course of the film. He,
1: he's build he's building a, a brand new persona,
2: and at first it's going to be a little clunky and awkward, and- right. It's not gonna look great. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna take some lot of time to slim down and get really efficient and, and look good. But I think I, I like too that how detail oriented and how many things, you know, you like get a sense that Tony is really able to multitask and keep you know, he always seems like he has 50 million things happening in his mind at any given time. And he definitely does, you know, cause they're memorizing how many steps until you turn right, how many steps forward. Like, you know, he, he thought the entire thing through from the knuckle tape yeah. to how many steps it's going to take him. So he doesn't get lost in the cave because it doesn't have GPS yet.
1: Yeah. And, and that's a great touch because then we, as audience members, are trying to <laughs> very briefly remember like the information that he's trying to remember you know how many steps left how many steps right or really kind of um experiencing what he's experiencing
2: right now and getting very stressed out that he's going to put on this heavy suit and and be like oh god how many steps have i lost i gotta go back <laughs> like, for, i didn't count that
1: yeah that's literally what i do anytime that comes up with a movie just like anytime right. someone has to hold their breath This is this is part of me. It's like, oh, I've been holding my breath for 20
0: seconds.
2: (laughs) Yeah,
1: Okay. it's just right. You're like, was that 41
0: steps or did he did he turn down the wrong hallway?
2: (laughs) There's a whole 20 minute deleted scene where he's like, oh, geez, I am. I was just in the break room. I'm just here. Right. I'm lost.
0: (laughs) I'll go back and start all over again. <laughs> <laughs> oh there is a boardroom One, two, here. here <laughs> three,
2: four. Four steps turn left yeah
0: it's it is funny because we do see a, a brief shot as raza's watching on the screen trying to figure out what's going on and he sends his men to go look there is a like a ladder or like a some almost like stairs behind them but in no sense through oh, yeah. this entire film or through like looking at the the blueprints and the books or anything like that has it ever seemed like this is a multi-level cave yeah. it's always looked like just a mm-hmm. single level cave so it's just very funny as i looked at that i'm like why do they have a set of like <laughs> stairs back in the back there someone was changing the air filters <laughs> is that what that is <laughs> Maybe there's a little tiny upper level where some people sleep. I don't know. It's just it was one of those little things. I'm like, why is there stairs back there? Yeah, it's a neat touch. Yeah. I've done some spelunking and I will say this cave is a very I mean, it's designed to look like a cave with cave walls and everything. But mm-hmm. in every other context, it looks very much like a set because it's so perfectly flat. And I've never watched a <laughs> cave that has such a beautifully flat floor as this one does. These guys did a great job. Yeah, they did. They, I mean, I, obviously, I'm, I'm assuming that these terrorists have been living here so long that they've actually done some cleaning and some they've probably uh, done some thrown in some dynamite trying to kind of clean it up and make it look a little more workable for where they're going to be mm-hmm. living and sleeping and, and doing everything because they're hiding. Nobody want, They don't want anybody to know where they are.
2: It's a very spacious cave, though. There are lots of, of chambers and rooms and places to run to and run from and hide people. That's definitely um, a high-end market cave. That's prime cave real estate.
0: And it makes me wonder if there's a tunnel that they haven't gone down yet that if they do, it will take them to where the... Albino cannibals live that would inevitably mm. eat them.
2: Yeah, almost certainly.
0: We can, <laughs> we can get we can get the descent films <laughs> tied into the MCU somehow. Yeah, let's here. Let's check the deleted scenes. Mm-hmm. See, if, they've got see anything. if we can find something there,
2: or if there's like maybe a cave realtor who's like, "This is a four bedroom cave. Um, it's really nice and spacious. <laughs> but if you want something, you know, a little bit more roomy, you know, you're gonna have to watch out because it does have descent monsters in it it's got a pool but inside that pool are cave-dwelling monsters
0: <laughs> so, but, okay. right just you may want to avoid that you may want to avoid yes
2: that.
0: <laughs> just fyi <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's
0: why it's so cheap <laughs> right <laughs> the shot of that suit coming down over tony when it lines up perfectly with the RT device in his chest. I love how they actually built that, where he's got the circle mm-hmm. in the front of his suit, which is completely unneeded, right? There's like, no logical like, reason uh-huh. to have that. You don't that. want
2: that exposed. That's the piece of you that makes you right. die.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> and to have a little piece. I, I, I mean, it must be reinforced glass or something, because obviously bullets aren't getting through right. there either. But, I mean... Let's face it. It looks pretty stinking cool. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We do, as I mentioned, we do have Raza. Again, I don't know what these guys are doing, but he was obviously doing something. Maybe he was in the bathroom and now he's walking back up to the monitors and he's uh, checking it out. And he says to his man next to him, he says, where is Stark? And the man next to him says he was here a minute ago. And then he says, look for him. And then the two guys go running off and they say, let's go after me. And that's the, that's the Urdu translation. Again, courtesy mm. of our friends over on Reddit who have helped me translate oh. a number of these oh. uh, bits. Well,
1: that definitely helps. I thought he was coming in to ask about <laughs> the air filters.
0: <laughs> Did you get them changed? I can't breathe. I'm having a hard time. My allergies. <laughs> my asthma is acting up. <laughs> I think one of my favorite discoveries in this whole moment of this particular minute and possibly of this whole film is is as he tells his two men to go run, you see the two men disappear. But if you look very carefully, you can see a movie poster on the cave wall behind them. And that movie poster is actually a Russian Rambo poster.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, I see it right now. Yeah, yeah. It's,
0: it's fantastic. Um, it is. Uh, I was. I found this poster on a website. It is. Uh, it has the Cyrillic text on it. It is the only Rambo movie that was released in the Soviet Union. They banned the second and third films as they were <laughs> Vietnam's greatest ally after the war, and they were also mm-hmm. pulling out of Afghanistan just a little over a week of the release of Rambo three.
1: Yeah, because c- Rambo three takes place in Afghanistan. Yeah.
0: So, I think that that's an interesting element that they chose to pick this particular poster because of the ties to Russia and Afghanistan. And here we are; they're fans <laughs> of, uh, of Stallone. Well, who isn't? It's, it's it's just fantastic, though. It's it's such a nice little uh, thing to add there, and it's got the title like written in blood up at the top of it. Yikes! <laughs> Uh, Yeah, it's so good.
2: I like the idea that one of them is a a movie buff. Yeah, I'd like to think
0: so. I'd like to think so. And was, let's see, was was, uh, Rambo a uh, Paramount picture? I guess it's technically uh, First Blood, right? Orion Pictures. So it was not Paramount that distributed the film, but I guess with the uh, collapse of Orion, it probably made it an easier movie poster to license. Huh. Well, we also have a... um, A deleted scene here, guys.
2: Yay!
0: It's a cutaway of Rhodes. It is. You know, it's it's actually interesting. Before we get to this scene, this deleted scene we're going to talk about of Rhodes, we actually have a scripted moment that I guess they didn't shoot. It is Pepper at Stark International headquarters. She's in the hallway. She sees Obadiah and Rhodey talking. And they both look very grave. And she goes to talk to Rhodey. And she's like, so that's it. Everyone's pulling the plug and moving on. And Rhodey says, there's nothing left we can do. If there's any indication Tony was still alive. And then Pepper says, spare me. I read the official email, thought maybe you'd have something different to say. If anyone could figure out how to beat the odds, it's Tony. If it was you over there, he'd be finding a way to get you back or inventing a new one. Then Rhodey says, what do you want me to do? And Pepper says, be a better friend to him. And with that, she storms out, mm. leaving him stung. And then... We cut directly to this scene that we're going to talk about, this deleted scene with Rhodey actually going to get on the plane and General Gabriel comes up and talks to him. I don't know. How does this scene play for you guys?
1: Well, I, I feel like it's we don't want to be outside of Tony's experience. You know, um, it, it's great to know that his friends care about him. But I, I don't I, I want to be trapped in that cave until Tony gets out. Yeah, you know? I
2: agree. And I also think it just plays a little confusingly because, of course, the general's like, you're making a terrible mistake. This is a very stupid thing to do all of these other men would walk through fire to have your career, and you're gonna throw it all away to find your friend? And he's like, yeah, that's that's about it. That's what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> and the general's like, Godspeed, my friend. It's like, why does everybody... <laughs> What? so confused
1: yeah it's kind of like a it's kind of like a a, a scene from my michael bay movie and
2: it's like it's like a cliche you know that the general has to be like why you can't possibly want to do this impossible thing yes i do well i've always known you were going what just say what you mean right right (laughs) like
0: yeah, it's it's pretty terribly put yeah. together.
2: It is, and it's like, at one point, the general says, like, you want to go out in the desert and hang out with all the snake eaters or something like that? Where it's just like, hey, whoa, 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 buddy. That doesn't, Ooh, it's a, it's uh, a Harry hmm. Potter reference. <laughs> yeah.
0: I don't think they were cool. snake eaters, were they? All that parcel tongue? Death eaters. <laughs> <laughs> death eaters. But the snake They're comes out eaters.
2: of the mouth of the dark mark, so it's like, he's...
0: <laughs> yeah, are right. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like they're eating a snake. He he, he never read the books; he just saw the <laughs> he movies. Just, it's a, he's just trying. He's trying. He saw them once. He knows yeah. Rhodey's a fan. Yeah. He's trying to reach out to him and you know his own language. <laughs> you know, trying to put it together. It's
2: exactly like Nathan said, though. Like you don't care what Rhodey's doing. Like you really don't care what Rhodey's doing to try and find Tony. You know, it's all about what Tony's doing to sort of save himself. I don't want Rhodey yeah. to get partial credit. Yeah, for just for traveling <laughs> over there.
1: Yeah.
0: And there's really just nothing that it gives you. And I I think there were some other scenes that we do have that were also cut when we jump back to different people, whether it's Pepper or Rhodey. And we get these ideas. Inevitably, they were probably put there to just give us a sense of time as to how long he's gone. Because in the script, Gabriel says, listen, son, it's been three months without a single indication uh, so we're, we're getting a sense, and I, I think that's in the deleted scene too. We're getting a sense from that as to how long this has been going on. It's a very long period of time mm-hmm. that Tony has been missing and kidnapped by these terrorists. But otherwise, it's just yeah, you're right. You don't need any of this. It's just unhelpful, and it it just it just <laughs> I don't know. It just it ends up playing really awkwardly. It's a really awkwardly written mm-hmm. scene. And, you know, I love Bill Smitovich as the general. I think he has done a lot of great stuff. But even when you're given really bad lines, you just the greatest actor is still not going to be able to pull it off. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. I don't have anything else for this minute. What about you guys? I'm excited to see what happens next. I hope Tony gets out of this.
2: Can't wait.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're getting close. We're getting close. Thirty three minutes into the movie. He's still in the cave. But inevitably, he'll have to make it out. Right. I mean, come on. (laughs)
1: I don't know. I'm so fond of this It's cave really now. nice. Yeah. I hope he never gets out. I hope he takes over the cave. Guys, what's going to happen Who with knows? this movie?
2: Anything, really. Rhodey could just show up and be like, I found you. Forget this whole suit thing. <laughs> Come with me.
1: <laughs> Come back to the cave, everyone. I promise I'll be a great boss.
0: I'd love to see down the road that Tony actually like buys this plot of land and, and makes the cave like it's his own little fortress of solitude yeah. he's got a, a place over
1: there where he can just go relax. he needs
2: to like get humble and remember his right. roots
1: right it's his rosebud it's this mystery of where does Tony go every year for the week of Christmas and he just goes back to the cave and he pretends like mm-hmm. he lives there again and he pretends like he's the boss right. he sits at the video monitors right it's like risky business he's just sliding Mm -hmm. around on the socks i'm in charge
0: i like that he does that because that means that he's also had to come in and actually polish the cave floors (laughs) (laughs) at least one room one at least one right right crazy (laughs) all right thanks again guys for joining
1: me where can people find you out in the interwebs yeah so we do the the most excellent 80s movie podcast which you can find on most excellent 80s pod on all the interwebs and wherever fine podcasts are served
2: most excellent or search for most excellent 80s movie podcast that's a lot of words sorry so, so many, many words.
0: words so many words well everybody that is it for today's show thank you so much for tuning in make sure you subscribe to the show for free over at marvelmovieminute.com you can join us over in our discord chat room and follow us on facebook twitter and instagram at the next reel If you like what we do and you want to support us and get some cool stuff, become a patron over at patreon.com slash the next reel. Until next time, true believers.